in college, I, I didn't come in fit enough and I didn't understand what it took to be a pro um, until I arrived. That first year was like a really rude awakening and it took me six months to even recognize who I was. I'm Patrick Chandler. I'm TJ Kiblin. I'm Nick Reyes. And you're listening to Sweat Daily Podcast. All right, so we're going. We are back for another episode. We got a special guest with us. Uh, some might call him a local legend. Local um, legend. And by some, I mean himself. My so mom. My mom. His mom <laughs> would call that. We got uh, Andy Groombaum joining us today. Say what's up to everybody. Andy. Hello, hello, everybody. We got Nick here as well. What's going on, guys? And we're going to kind of continue what we spoke about last week with competition and practice and training. And we actually had kind of mentioned um, some training some youth soccer players and who better to talk about training soccer players than the man himself. Yeah, um, our local legend. Our local legend. So <laughs> let's actually talk about why you're a local legend for people that might not know. Um, and if they don't know, they'll know now. So tell us a little bit about your story um, and how you got to sitting right here in front of us. Right. So um, I am from Kansas City born and raised, uh, played at Blue Valley North High School, um, where we won a state championship, was a uh, high school All-American, all that stuff, wore my letter jacket proudly, look back <laughs> at it and think what a, you know what I was. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and, and then uh, I, I was uh, then recruited to go to the University of Kentucky um, on a very minor soccer scholarship, but um, it was, you know, the biggest school that was re that recruited me. And, and also uh, just the, the visit was so incredible. I, I walked away from my official visit and I was like, I have to go here. That's awesome. um, yeah, and so uh, so I not only do I have to go there, but I need to make sure I redshirt so that I can go there for an extra <laughs> year. <laughs> because it was I mean, you know, it, Kentucky was amazing. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I was. Uh, I was drafted to play um, for the Columbus Crew in Major League Soccer, um, and they just won their second uh, MLS Cup. I was part of the first one, which was cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I found out I was drafted by hitting the refresh button on my computer. So we're not talking like ESPN green room the, the way it is that, now, right, right? right? The way it is now, where the the draft is broadcasted. It was like, nope, keep hitting that refresh button, find out where you <laughs> land, and and boom. Oh, I'm going to Columbus. Well, that's near Kentucky. That's what kind of it was either back home in Kansas City or Columbus. Those were the two places I was praying for. And um, you know, earlier that day, I had a call from my college coach, and he was like, Hey, I just spoke with Ziggy Schmidt, who was who has since passed recently, but one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, and he, he was asking, you know, things about you it lent me to believe that Columbus was might be a possible destination. So um, spent eight years there, uh, was traded to Sporting Kansas City, um, and got to live out one year of, of that dream of playing for the hometown team. Um, but injuries ravished that uh, effort. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but it was, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So two fantastic cities, both I consider home. So I'm, I'm glad to be back. And like you said, working with youth uh, goalkeepers here. Yeah, yeah. So. so tell us a little bit more about like your specifics. And we'll get into probably more of it at the end, but what, what exactly you're doing with, with goalkeepers? Yeah, so um, when I retired, I got into broadcasting with the team. So I was calling games um, 
on television, you know, that old uh, radio face, but on TV somehow <laughs> um, sort of deal. Um, and then I was also coaching in Sporting's Academy as well as working in the front office for the youth soccer department there. So I kind of wore three hats. Um, it was it was a great experience, uh, huge wake up call, like as far as what life was like. I'll, I'll be honest, it, it took me two years of um, figuring out who I was when I as as I, you know, retired, you know, it's it, your identity is as a player. So that's a whole different topic, um, a whole different topic. One, but one we could get into. We could get day, into. Yeah, I think that's a highly. Interesting <laughs> yeah, one. I mean, um, it's hard to derail. No, either. no, no. It, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing, and, and it's real. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just um, two years of broadcasting. But I really, my heart was in coaching. It always has been. I always coached um, while I played, and it, it's something that I knew my experience with Sporting Kansas City was going to help me become a better coach so that when I did my own thing, you know, I was a little bit more armed in that regard, um, you know, than, than I would have been otherwise. So um, I work with goalkeepers, Kansas, Missouri, um, anybody that, anybody that uh, you know, can drive to me, basically. So, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, obviously, you know, last week we talked a little bit about uh, practice and training and competition and the different levels of intensity and how to prepare for those uh, for competition. Uh, I think we even mentioned like having a professional athlete on to actually talk about <laughs> preparing for competitions. So, yeah. And lo and behold, one actually just shows up at our doorstep today. Funny how that works. Right. Um, yeah. So given your, you know, your experience, you, you just not like you just like suddenly decided you were going to play soccer in, in college, right? Like you trained, you, you did this for, for sure for years and years and years. And I actually, I don't know the answer to this question. When did you start oh, playing soccer? Oh, God. I mean, there are, there are pictures going back to, like, I, I'd say, like, maybe six or seven years old when okay. my dad was the coach of the Brown team. My brother played for it. Uh, <laughs> you know, and we, we, you know, had our Brown jerseys that were terrible. And, and so, but uh, goalkeeping maybe took me a little bit longer to get into when I realized I would, can, can I curse or no? Yeah. yeah okay. I was sure. a shit soccer player. <laughs> um, <and laughs> so, uh, when I realized I was no good and I hated running, um, okay. I found, I just found there's there to be something really unique about the goalkeeper position. And, um, I just enjoyed kind of being, you know, in a group, in a, in a team sport, that kind of individual that it's, it's on your shoulders, right? I mean, mm -hmm. um, a lot has to happen for, for the team to concede a goal. But at the end of the day, we, we look at what could we have done and, and we train for those, um, experiences. Let's be real. You just wanted to sit in the back, not run and yell and, at everybody. Right. Uh, and, pretty uh, much. <laughs> and wear really cool jerseys right. and, <laughs> and Mickey Mouse gloves and be able to touch the ball with your hands. Right, right, right. <laughs> hey, look what I can do. You know, F you guys, Dude, like, especially in the nineties, man, right. those, those keeper fits the, were just the nineties really had their day. And, and I, I definitely wore some flamboyant jerseys. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so Let's uh, let, let's talk dive into a little bit of what are the differences at the different levels that you've played in in going like preparing for competition, right? Because obviously, right. you know, high school versus college versus professional, maybe even versus championship level professional. Are there any differences, any things that really stand out as like how you prepare between those different levels? Yeah, I mean, it's so. Just to start back in that ladder, I mean, high school 
you don't know any different. You, you're in, and that's kind of why I do what I do is some of the athletes I work with that are trying to make it to the division one level. I'm trying to wake them up a little bit and help them understand that what they think is good enough is not. And, and they're going to be asked to be, to put their bodies through more, um, to sacrifice more, to be able to, um, do things that are outside their comfort level and then go to class right after, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, right. I, I mean, I, I got a 1.75 my first semester in college because we had, we had practice at 6am. So goalkeepers had to report at 5:30. wasn't used to that. Um, and I came in thinking I, you know, I was high school all American. I came in thinking, man, I'm going to be the man, right? Like I was the man in high school. I'm going to just waltz, waltz in here at a division one program and uh, I, I suffered for it. I, I redshirted because, and I remember at the end of the year, my coach told me, he goes, he's English and his teeth fall out when he yells. Um, <laughs> but he was like, I, I go, coach, I don't know if this is for me. Um, you know, I, I just had a rough year. And, and he was like, well, there's the fucking door. He's like, go on, get out. This isn't for everybody. And when I walked out of that meeting, I was like, yeah, I needed that. I needed that. So I came back the next semester, got a 3.75, came in fit. Cause I didn't understand what fitness really was. You know, okay. I mean, I thought, I thought I was just, you know, Hey, whatever I'm doing in high school is going to be good enough. Um, I mean, you're, you're training with Olympic movements in the weight room that you've never done before. Right. So you're learning those and, and which is what we do in, you know, in gyms across America. Right. Um, right. and so, so for me, it's like, uh, having that experience, um, you know, just learning with PVC pipes, but learning on these treadmills that go up to like, 30 miles an hour you're running backwards on them strapped into these things you know throwing up afterward i mean you know running on inclines that of 20 degrees it's, it's insane so um what about from the from the mental side of things you know if you were preparing i, I mean i'm assuming I don't, I don't know much about you know local high school soccer i mean like did you go to a state championship or any of that type of well, stuff so I'm there's yeah so there's club um there's club ball and there's high school ball and yeah. and high school it's hit or miss you could have you could have coaches that really know what they're doing right and and you have coaches that are just like you know teachers as well so it's yep. it's a good but they have every one of them have the best of intentions they yep. love the sport they're um you know you won't find a high school coach that isn't just in love with the sport and want to do things for their, you know, for their students and their athletes. Um, but, but yeah, club, I played for a team that conceded goals and shots by the dozen. Okay. So it was really good experience for me. I, I never, I think that was one thing that helped me develop quicker than other goalkeepers that I played against mm -hmm. was I was, I was forced to, to be put into actions where the other guy in the other field was standing around. Um, and, and then, you know, so my team never won state, mm -hmm. but high school, my senior year, we, my junior year, we made a run my senior year, we won state. Um, and that was, you know, a fantastic experience. So, so on the, on the mental side of things, you know, getting ready for a big game, I always kind of, uh, liken this over to like a, any type of entertainment or performance or even speech. It's, it's easier when it's like, you know, someone watching you give a speech, it's like you and like three people. <laughs> but then when it's you and 300, it's a different story. Is that kind of the same evolution in preparing for these big events as a, um, as, as an athlete going from maybe a small, you know, high school or club all the way up into like, you know, really what is the pinnacle or the biggest stage of, right. of your sport? Yeah. I, I think everybody's different mentally. Um, you know, there's so much to that side. Like I said, we could do a whole nother podcast about it, but for me, it, it come, it, 
it came down to just this weird comfort level with bigger. I'd rather have 300 than three. Okay. I, I mean, I just, there's something weird about that where, um, you know, high school state championship game, we played St. Thomas Aquinas here locally. Um, there was 5,000 people in the stands and I just, and it was like on a warm November day. And, and I just remember feeling like, I mean, before the game, I'm a disaster, but once that whistle (laughs) blows, like, I just want them like, let's get to the game. How many times can I pee? You know, like, I mean, I'm peeing like a thousand. Can we just get to the game? I got these nervous, you know, I can't eat much during the day. Um, but once the whistle blows, there's just this like calmness. It's like everything kind of goes away and and you know the the fan it's just like a part of the experience and it's like it it helps i don't know for me you know playing in hostile territories like playing on the road in front of big crowds was always just so much fun and and mentally just kind of made me want it more were the were the nerves more uh abundant in the i know you said that that the the small atmospheres maybe um weren't as, uh, or were maybe more intimidating, <clears throat> but were the nerves bigger for like an MLS cup? <laughs> well, so, uh, the year we won MLS cup, I was actually the second choice goalkeeper because I, um, the, the guy that played ahead of me was, you know, he was on the, you know, he was invited in for, uh, us camp. I mean, he was, okay. I, this guy, William Hesmer, I mean, to this day, like, he, he's one of the better goalkeepers, you know, probably more underrated goalkeepers around in the league. Um, so to that regard, like, you know, my experience with MLS Cup was uh, the year we won, I had uh, I played through a slap tear in my shoulder. Um, so I was getting uh, shots every oh, two weeks you know, or every month sometimes. And, and so basically it was, for me, that year was like, you're going to plan an emergency basis. And, and, um, I, I could have probably been better served to get surgery earlier on, but I wanted to be a part of that ride. I knew we had a, a fantastic team. Um, so, uh, it was just about getting through it, but you know, in big, in big games where there are, you're playing in front of 40,000 people. Um, then it, there's something eerily like calm about that. It's like, it's fun. It's so it's like you look forward to that. Is it, and is a part of that, and just kind of going back to what we talked about last week, Pat. Is part of that because of the the training and the practice that you've done. Just you don't have to think as much, and so it's like a kind of this. I know what I'm doing. We're just here to do it type of thing. Because you hear people talk about like the game slows down, right. it, and that's where I was going with, with that point exactly. Gotcha. It's like. Uh, I remember my first year in the league, um, I was I was a complete mess. I, it was one of those same situations where, um, you know, in college, I, I didn't come in fit enough, and I didn't understand what it took to be a pro um, until I arrived. That first year was like a really rude awakening, and it took me six months to even recognize who I was, you right. know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get cut any minute. And it's only because I made, like, pennies on the dollar – uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't making much money. Um, thank God the coaching staff believed in what they saw, you know, from me and the little bits. Um, and, and they just hung in there with me. Um, but there was, uh, there was a guy called John Bush um, who is doing the same thing I do, but in Indianapolis. He, he's working. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy played for 20 years. He, he was five foot. He was like your height. 
Oh, man, he's like five foot nothing. Five foot nothing (laughs) and played for over 20 years in the goalkeeper position. Oh, wow. He taught me what it was like to be a pro. Gotcha. I mean, this guy showed me what hard work was, chip on your shoulder. you got to grind for everything because, you know, I'm I'm six foot. I'm considered short. I was overlooked because of that. So uh, we were in kind of the same mold, and and I I didn't realize what it was going to take to be a pro until I I trained with him on a daily basis. So then similar jump. From high school to college, where you had that sh- that shell shock, yes. man, it was hard yeah. for me to say. Yeah, <laughs> into, yeah. into the another the, very similar from college to pro. The game is so much faster. What does because in, in you know before we jumped on and started recording, we talked a little bit about what Pat and I our discussion last week, which was the differences between practice, training, and competition, and how you know practice might just be um, for for us you know that are maybe weightlifting it's like moving a pvc pipe and training would be like okay now you have some load on the bar and you're actually right. getting after it a little bit right and there's overlap in these two right training sure. training can have a higher level of intensity that starts to border on competition yep and practice and training have this similar gray area and overlap so with that in mind are there were there big differences between what practice looked like at the high school level the collegiate level and the pro level or is it a lot of I'm going to call it PVC level <laughs> drills, even at the pro level for what you do. No, it is there. There's a lot of uh, commonalities to what you just said, but at, at every level, the coaching is better. The, um, the players are better. The speed is better. So what you're training for has to match that. Right. And, okay. and so you need somebody sometimes to show you what that's going to be like. Right. But um, to your point, when you when like the season ends, for instance, you, you need a couple weeks to to kind of reload and just get your mind off whatever. Go fishing, go on vacation, get married, whatever. Right. Yeah, that's the time to do it in the yeah, off yeah. season. December, like December, January. It's amazing how many anniversaries are shared uh, <laughs> on the same day. I mean, my my wife and I, we share an anniversary with like six people. But but um, the the whole thing is, is once you, once you start to get back into it, it is kind of that lighter, like, let's get our body back, um, re-entry, right? And then um, and then as you amp up for preseason, getting ready for what the expectations are. for The expectations are different. As a pro, at, in college, you come in, you run fitness tests, and you run them until you die. As a pro, the expectation is you're fit so that on day one, we, we can just get on the ball. Gotcha. You know what yep. I mean? And, and you'll run a fitness test at the pro level, but – I mean, no guys aren't failing it like they yeah, did in college. Yeah. I mean, I did, <laughs> 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 but uh, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, so so then like during the season as well, like preseason, you're getting after it, you okay. know, and and your body's experiencing um, two a days sometimes, and then then games on top of it. But once you get into the season, it is very much like um, you play Saturday. Um, and you don't have a game till the next Saturday. Well, Sunday's probably gonna be, you're gonna come in and regen. Uh, for the guys that played, you'll do something harder if you didn't play. Um, Monday might be off. Tuesday is gonna be amped up. Wednesday is gonna be um, brought back down a little bit. Thursday is gonna be more tactical, maybe at the stadium. Friday is gonna be a walkthrough with a little bit of activity, and then Saturday you're at it again. Okay. So it's almost you know what's coming once you're in the groove of it. Right. It's monotonous. It's just like the game of soccer when it slows down. Uh, as a goalkeeper, you see the buildup. Everything 
there's so many similarities in every game you play. It's just little nuances of maybe the striker was in the same situation, but the ball, he, you know, he hit it with the outside of his just foot like here. Just like, yeah, so was, I've seen this before, right? right. And type I, of thing. Yeah, just, and so I know, know what's going to happen I know next. what this player's looking for to whip it in yep. behind the back. I know where I have to start higher. I need, you know, so um, it's it's like that. So in general, though, it's the, um, you know, as we, as we think through, you know, practice and training and competition at the – the higher the level you you get in sport, essentially, um, you would say the more you get out of practice because of the fact that everyone is a professional, right? And they are they come in they they know what they're doing. Whereas maybe you know at the lowest level, just just to draw the complete absolute uh, opposites here sure. would be if you know all of our kids went to. Uh, practice and then we'd spend the first 30 minutes just trying to get them to have their shoes on right <laughs> right right you know well it's all relative isn't it, it it's absolutely like, i mean that's the but, expectation gray of gray areas yeah. in between there right, right? and i'm sure right. in college it wasn't quite as organized as it was they probably some guy came in with a hangover maybe it's probably you <laughs> you know and in high school it was just like oh well half these guys are just here to to be here you and know hungover as well no. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. so, so I mean, but is that a fair way to kind of phrase it? Yeah, to get I mean, more out of just the, even the basic practice. I, I think you know, at the professional level, when you when you walk out on the training pitch, and the coaches were they were already out there thirty minutes before you ever thought about seven foot. And cones are set up, balls are set up. I mean, when I came to sporting, the way Peter runs the show here is, it's just like I mean, I, I mean, it was professional in Columbus. It, I mean, it was like dialed in your your military background yeah it's like shoe shining like i mean every detail you think about it is is uh, accounted for the progression from um say warm up in a in a training scenario to um to like when you're in the next phase of it, it it's like oh this field this part of the field is already set up for i mean you're not there's no time wasted yeah those transition times are like seamless where it's like it's flowing right into this right if you're not ready it's on you yeah yeah and so um it is it's just what you'd expect right i mean it's exactly what you'd expect right there's one thing that you mentioned and it's it's a little bit off topic but i think it's kind of important um how you know the transition from high school to college and then also from college to professional was difficult but you had talked about your mentor um, I just kind of want to talk or have you talk a little bit about, um, you know, did you seek that person out? How did it come to be, you know, for somebody that might be transitioning from high school to college, right. college to pro, what, you know, how would you find somebody that can help you mentor? Yeah, the, the really interesting thing, we call it the goalkeeper union, right? So it's like we're, you know, we kind of are the only people that truly understand what it's like to play this position, what the nuances are for footwork to into a save or or this or that. So I think that's a fantastic question. On the one hand, at most of my experiences, that goalkeeper union feeling has just crept in naturally. And you feel like it's easy to approach somebody that's playing ahead of you um, and and just kind of pick their brain and, and also just kind of get mental reps on what makes them better than you at this moment. Um, and, and there's so much mentally that goes into that but the kids i work with when if when they're not in goal they're tuned they're phasing out and i'm like that that's the difference between a high school kid and a and a college kid that has goals to be a pro and a pro player that's third choice to a first choice goalkeeper is when you're in what are you doing what makes you better than me right now 
and and I'm gonna watch that and I'm gonna try and take that in and that's what helped me but um but also you know at the same time it's a weird dynamic because you know John Bush is getting paid exponentially more than I am you know and and there's a reason for that so you know I want to make that kind of money right and but but he doesn't want me to make that kind of money <laughs> right yeah but he still has to be willing because iron sharpens iron right he still has to be willing to help me to make him better mm-hmm. and ultimately at the end of the day and in, in some scenarios fellas like you make that kind of money you're expendable too because now they want to mm-hmm. they found somebody cheaper and now your contract is oh i don't know we can get 80 percent of that production for you know sixty thousand dollars yeah. less, yeah. so I mean that's what happened to John Bush, and then he went on to um, because I was playing so well, they were like, well, we have William Hasmer and 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 myself, we can let John Bush go. Well, John mm-hmm. Bush went on to become goalkeeper of the year in Chicago. <laughs> like, I mean, this guy right. was like that. That just you don't want to fuel a guy like that even more. That so I love like we still talk quite a bit, and I love to see um, that kind of attitude like. I learned from that. So um, it, that, that mentorship, it just kind of creates its its own um, thing, right? Like right. on its own. It really happens organically. Right. Where and you you hope so. But at the same time, it's a weird dynamic because I'm trying to take your job and you're trying to keep me from taking it, right? That's mm-hmm. food on the table. You have a family. Right. Like those things, you know, that that's a weird dynamic, but it has to be that way. Yeah. So... Another question for you, a little off topic as well. What's it like to be the second best athlete in your house? <laughs> um, it's humbling. <laughs> it's humbling. I assume you're talking about Gibson. <laughs> oh wow! Um, for anyone that doesn't know, he's his uh, Andy's wife, Lacey, um, is 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 pretty pretty fit. She's she's, fit. she's quite the athlete. She, um, she works out. Yeah, she works out. Anyway, so uh, I had to kind no, of throw is, that in there a little you bit. You know, the, the crazy thing about her, like, I don't know if you guys are like this. I, I imagine most men may hopefully are like me in a way where if you get the sniffles, if you get sick, I'm, I'm just like, man, I can't work out. Oh, I'm I down. Got, I'm down. Lacey's like, yeah, no, I've got the flu. I got to get a workout in. <laughs> yeah. And this is why they carry our babies. It is. Right? It and, is. They're way tougher than we they are. They are way tougher. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not <laughs> embarrassed by that at all. So, yeah. Well, yeah, man. Um, well, I guess, you know, wrapping this up, where can, you know, there's, there's people all over the city that will listen to this. Um, where can they find you? I know you, that you coach, but give us a little bit of info on on if someone's got an, a, a young man, young woman who's an aspiring goalkeeper who's looking to uh, to learn from the best. Where can they find you and figure out what you do? Yeah, I know this is um, it's a little bit like non gym, right? I mean, so yeah. it's but the the crazy thing about the the soccer world is it's tiny. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these a lot of these folks that are that might be tuning into this, you know, either know soccer players. That or their or their kids play, 